I love being in church. I've been in church my whole life since I was a little girl. And I remember going to church with my grandmother and, and uh, just, she was a woman of prayer and, and uh, she used to pray in the laundry room. And uh, so I, I remember um, just hearing her pray. And so I just love being here and in the presence of God. That's just a little extra side note. But um, anyway, praise God. Um, I'm so thankful for young people who love Jesus and who are at church on a Sunday night. And uh, so you may wonder why we do, you know, activities and different things like that, because I like it. And, <laughs> and when a young person who's in church all the time comes and says, I have an idea, let's do this. And I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. And so hopefully you met somebody new tonight or got to know a little bit about somebody else um, that you didn't know about them. Um, oh, I have a, that was fun. I agree. And I love to have fun in church. So anyway, um, I'm using this as an example. Um, as many of you know, some may not, I like to do Legos. It's just one of the things that I do. It's very de-stressing and relaxing for me. And it's just a nice time. And, you know, I can pray and do Legos and Justin likes to do Legos as well. So this is one of the Lego sets that I've done. Actually, Miss Watson, this is a set that you bought me. Um, yeah, it was an amazing gift, and so it came at a, a great time, and so um, anyway, it's thousands of pieces, and there's lots of little dots, but um, it might be a little hard for you to tell. I was asking you in the back room before I came out. I was like, can you tell that this Lego set is missing a piece? And they were like, no, it's not. So if you look at it, it is a portrait that gets hung on the wall, and I don't know if I hold it up like this, if they could zoom in. Nope, you still can't see. All right, well, I'm going to expose it. Oh, not my face. So close. You see? Can you see it? My hand doesn't help. That only helps on, on video. But do you see where the piece is missing? Right here. I'm going to point it out. Yeah, it's right here. Oh, yeah, you see it? <laughs> So there's a piece missing in this Lego set. And as you can tell, this Lego set, it's actually a portrait. So it could get hung on my wall. And hanging on the wall, you can't really tell that the piece is missing. Even kind of looking at it, you can't really tell that the piece is missing. But it's actually a very vital piece because it won't hang accurately on the wall with that piece missing. And so, um, I mean, I didn't lose it, lose it. I took it out. Well, I thought I didn't lose it. I thought it was in my pocket. <laughs> this is a bad illustration if I don't have that. There it is. Okay, so um, when it goes here, now um, this piece can be hung properly on the wall and it'll function properly. So tonight we're talking about healing. And the reason why I use this illustration is this Lego piece can go on the wall hung and never have that extra piece. You know, it could probably live its whole entire Lego life. Without that extra piece, it would just be a little wonky. It just wouldn't function right. It wouldn't work right. It really, really hang on the wall. That's the same with healing. Healing is something that was given to us by Jesus. You know, we've been talking about forgiveness, and we've been talking about forgiveness of sins, but one of the other things that he provided for us in his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross was healing. But for some reason, people think it's acceptable to go through life sick. 
and to have disease in their body. They think, oh, you know, it's just a little bit annoying. It's not super bad. I don't have cancer or I don't have this, or maybe I do have that type of disease and maybe it's because of something I did or it's because, you know, I did something wrong and so this is my punishment or this is my lot in life or this is what I need to, my suffering, this is what I'm supposed to endure. And that's not true. God made us and he made us completely whole. And when Jesus died for us, he, 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 he bought back what was taken from us. And sin is a part of the curse. So when Jesus died on the cross, he redeemed us from that curse, which means sickness and disease does not belong in our body. It's not something that we should be going through life and saying, well, this is, you know, just my, my cross to bear or, you know, whatever religious statement that you can use on that, it's wrong. I mean, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you say it, the Bible over and over and over again, even through the New Testament, he says, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. Old Testament. So how much more under the new covenant, how much more under, you know, the, the cross and what Christ did for us on the cross? And so, you know, um, I was sitting there thinking, um, all things just come to my mind often. And so I love the way that God speaks to me, but um, there's this video that's going around and it's, um, it's this little girl and she hurt herself and she's crying and she's like, oh, and her mom goes, you want mama kiss it? And she's like, no, baba kiss it. And she goes, and she tries to kiss it, but she has a boo-boo on her head. And so you just see this little girl go, no, baba kiss it. And she goes, and she's like, oh, I can't reach it with my lips. <laughs> We need to stop teaching our kids that kissing a boo-boo makes it go away. We need to teach them that it's the blood of Jesus that makes that pain go away. And if we start that age, how much more? You know, we do these things and we think it's really cute. And you know, it is really cute, but my kiss is not going to heal your pain. It's not. Jesus is your healer. And let's just teach them from the beginning, you know? Teach them how to lay hands on the, on the sick. Lay hands on you, you know? Uh, my nephew to this day, when he was a little boy, my mom taught him, you know, she spent time praying, and he would pray, and so we have videos of him, you know, pacing the floors, because my mom would pace and pray, and so, you know, we have videos of him as a little kid, but, you know, if you're not feeling well, he wants to come and lay his hands on you because he knows the power of prayer. And so um, we're going to go through a few scriptures tonight. Um, the title of the message is Sickness Has No Rights. Sickness Has No Rights. So um, they're going to put the scriptures up on the screen, and I'm probably going to go through them um, a little bit quickly. So if you want to write them down and, you know, maybe look at them on the screen, because um, there's a lot of them. Uh, belief is formed by the accumulation of knowledge, and the way you accumulate that knowledge is by reading the Word. And it's the Word that's going to give you the wisdom that you need to receive what you need from God. So I'm, we're just going to kind of go through some scriptures. Um, sickness, as I said before, it's a result of sin. It's part of the curse. Romans 5.12 in the New Living Translation says, when Adam sinned, Sin entered the world, 
Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Do we not have scriptures? Yeah? Okay. Awesome. Um, Romans 5, 17 through 19 in the New Living Translation says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came not only to forgive our sins, but he also came so that we could be made whole and receive God's healing. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. He didn't leave anything out. You think him going to the cross and going through all of that, he, he rose from the dead and he goes, oh, Lord, I, God, Daddy, I forgot to do that one thing. Maybe I need to come back and do it again. Do you think he really wants to do that again? Do you think he wants to go through all that suffering and all that pain? No. He did it once. It's a complete work on the cross. He thought about every little detail, and he took care of it. Healing is part of the redemption. It's part of righteousness. It's part of being made right with God. It comes with it. Healing for our physical bodies is part of the package. It's, he not only took our sins, he also took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 5, in the New King translation says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. Matthew 8, 17, in the New Living Translation says, This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. He said it again said it in the Old Testament, and then it was repeated in the New Testament, quoting the prophet Isaiah. You got to listen. If it's said twice, then that's something that you really should listen to, and that means something. 1 Peter 2.24 in the New King Translation says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Do you notice two things in these scriptures that I'm repeating to you? Having died to sins might live to righteousness. So he bore our sins, and by his stripes we are healed. He bore our sins, and by his stripes we are healed. 
Why do we focus only on the he bore our sins part? It's all in the same sentence. The two major things that he did, but we want to dismiss the other half of the, this, this um, thing and say, you know, I don't know if God will heal me. And we question when he clearly gives us two things. It didn't say anything about finances, but we are quick to believe, you know, God for a dollar and say that it's all right, you know, and we should be, you know, on all those different things. But clearly in this sentence, he bore our sins and he bore our sickness. He doesn't want us to live in life of sin and he doesn't want us to be sick. How many of you are parents in this room? Keep your hand raised if you want to see your children sick. You enjoy it when they're not feeling good. You enjoy when they cannot live their life to the fullest because they're not feeling well, because some part of their body is aching. Raise your hand if that's the type of parent that you are. Then why do we think that God is that type of parent to us? Why would he give his son... Why would he die on the cross? Why would he just remove our sin, but we have to suffer with sickness and disease in our body? Why? Why do we make it so hard to believe that he loves us enough, not only to remove our sin, but also to remove any pain and sickness in our body? From the smallest thing to the greatest thing. Pastor David mentioned this morning that he was doing something in his truck and he walked around and there's a metal step on his truck and he kicked his shin and he hurt his shin and he hollered out because that part of his body was hurting. Do you think God in heaven go, oh, that's just the shin. You can deal with that shin pain. No. But sometimes we think even those little things are acceptable, but that's, those little things are not acceptable as well. You shouldn't have pain from a splinter. You shouldn't have pain from a bug bite or, you know, whatever aches or ails your body. Get on it. Speak to it and say, you have no right in my body. I don't care if you're a splinter. I don't care if I stubbed my toe. I don't care if I broke something. I don't care if it's a cold. People think that they need to lay hands on the flu, but they can accept the common cold. It's just a cold. It's just allergies. It's just something that's invading your body that doesn't belong there. I hate when people say, ooh, I feel a cold coming on. Well, what are you doing about that? Don't make an announcement to me you feel a cold coming on. They say it all the time like it's normal. I don't get the flu, but I feel a cold coming on. The things that we accept and think are acceptable for our body. And Jesus is like, speak to that cold. It doesn't have a right to be in your body. And then when we think to speak of it, it's pneumonia and we're in the hospital laying up. But it's like it was acceptable as a cold, but you didn't take care of it along the way. I'm all over my notes, but we're just going to do what we got to do. I'm going to share this quote to you. There's a phenomenal book called Christ the Healer. And um, this is from, it's an amazing book. And so this quote is from that 
Sickness and disease is the physical penalty of iniquity, but that Christ has borne in his body all our physical liabilities on account of sin, and that therefore our bodies are released judicially from disease. Through Christ's redemption, we all have the life of Jesus made manifest in our mortal flesh. In the same way that we may receive our spiritual salvation, we can receive our physical salvation. Through Adam, we lost everything. Through Jesus, he recovered it all and gave it to us. And you know, it's really interesting that when you read through the Gospels and you read about Jesus' life on the earth, there's three things that he did. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Those three things he did all the time. He taught people so that they could receive salvation. He proclaimed the good news. He proclaimed the work that he did. And then he healed people. And that's the same thing that he's asked us to do. Mark 6, 15, 16 says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Teach, preach, heal. It's all part of it. Why do we let people lie to us and tell us it's not? Err on the side of believing that the word is true. Err on the side of believing that healing belongs to you. Err on the side of believing that God can heal you. We listen to people and we say, oh, you know, whatever. And, you know, and I've, heard it so, I've heard it so many times. You know, oh, well, I, you know, did this or whatever. You know, and, and it is true sometimes we can... Um, do things that opens the door for the enemy, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, major things, but I mean, it could be, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So you tell your child, I need you to take the trash out. Go take the trash out. You leave the room, you come back and your child's washing dishes. Now, washing dishes is not a bad thing, but I asked you to take the trash out. So sometimes, you know, we, we, we make decisions, you know, and sometimes we're doing good things, but it might not necessarily be what God is telling us to do. Now, if God is giving you specific instructions regarding something and you decide to obey him, then that opens the door. But the cool thing is, is that we can repent and we can get it right. You know, that's why James, in that scripture, it talks about, you know, um, that if you're sick, if any are sick among you, you know, go. And the elders of the church will lay hands on you. If you need forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. Sometimes we've violated laws of nature, and that may be why we're sick. If you walk through the snow without shoes and socks, you're probably going to get a cold, correct? right? So when I say opening the door, I mean, you know, different things like that. There's sometimes we do stuff or like pushing our bodies too far until we make ourselves sick. We open the door to sickness because we make 
choices that are not right, but that even still, that doesn't mean that that sickness has to live in our body. We make an adjustment. We correct ourselves. We say, hey, God, I'm so sorry that I made that dumb choice. I'm so sorry I didn't obey you. I'm so sorry that I opened that door. He forgives us and we receive what he has for us. So it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out process, you know? It doesn't have to be you going, oh, you know, God, I'm such a worm, and I deserve this pain. I deserve this because I didn't do right, or, you know, I was so dumb, and I walked outside without any shoes on, and so, oh, yeah, now I have this cold, so now I have to deal with this cold. No, you pull out the Word, you repent, and then you stand on the Word because it still belongs to you, right? Healing belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. Jesus dealt with the sin problem. He bore our sins. When we believe that and accept him personally, it becomes a reality to us individually. We are born again. We become a brand new creature, a brand new creation with no past. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 in the New King James says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old sins that we committed before we were born again do not exist in the mind of God. He doesn't remember them. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he who blots out all your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Micah 7.19 says, once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. When you put Isaiah 43.25 and Micah 7.19 together, you will find that God has hidden our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. So if he's not remembering our sins, then he's not punishing us with sickness. It's so clear. It's so clear. As Corey Timboon said, don't go fishing for them, leave them alone. The full quote is, um, I had come from Holland and defected to Germany with the message that God forgives. It was the truth they needed most to hear in that bitter, bombed out land. And I gave them my favorite mental picture. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that's where forgiven sins are thrown. When we confess our sins, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. Then God places a sign out there that says, no fishing allowed. Don't go digging up or don't go fishing for what's not there. I've been fishing a few times. That's not one of the things that I enjoy. It is just way too boring. And then you got to be quiet. And then the worst thing about the whole thing is that you could be out there all day and catch nothing. Like, if we're going to do this, and I got to be quiet, and I got to stand out here in the heat on a boat or wherever I got to be to do this, I want to go where there's fish, right? So when you're reaching back for all this stuff, you're fishing in an area where nothing is even living. 
God's like, what are you, what are you fishing back there? What are you back there for? Why are, why are you bringing up this stuff? And, and I'm just correlating the thing, you know, because we've been, we've been talking about forgiveness and he's forgiven our sins, but he also provided healing. It's all, it all works together. And it's amazing how it all works together. We think one thing is one thing and another thing and another thing, but it all works together. Salvation, nothing missing, nothing broken. We're completely whole, made right in him. Forgiven from the curse. Redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from sickness and disease. He took it. He took it all. He took it all. As we proclaim salvation from sin and deliverance from its guilt and power through the cross, men and women will have their shackles struck off before their eyes. And as we preach a Savior who bore our pains and sicknesses, as well as our sins, the sick will be healed, the deaf will hear, blind eyes will be opened, the lame man will leap, and the dumb will sing. If we are to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, part of the gospel is healing. You want to get somebody to listen to you talk about Jesus? If you see them in pain and you see them in suffering, lay hands on them. Pray for them. A lot of times that's my line. You know, I, if, if, I don't, I don't know. You know, Minister Darnell has this amazing ability. You know, I've, I've traveled with him and Pastor Andy, and I mean, I, I remember <laughs> when they were talking about, you know, how they ministered to somebody and they're preaching with somebody. We were all um, going to coming home or something from uh, a, a meeting, and so they're over there sitting talking with somebody, and I'm in line at Chili's getting some food. Like, <laughs> we got five minutes before this plane happens and I'm getting some food. And then when I'm leaving here, I'm going to get me a coffee. I came back, they had prayed and preached to like four or five different people. And I was like, all right, that's great. That's so wonderful, you know? And so I was like, okay, God, you know, help me. I'm joining in this challenge. But usually my way in, now it's, it's really interesting. I don't have a problem talking to people. I can walk into somebody and go, oh my gosh, you look so good, girl. I like your hair, girl, I like this oh, you're so this and you're so that and, you know, whatever. And I can go and I can talk to people and, you know, whatever. And I'll just walk up to them and like, oh, you have such a beautiful shirt on. Oh, I like your shirt. Girl, I like your shirt. Where'd you get your shirt from? And then they'll talk to me and tell me all this. But then I'm like, oh, man, walk away. And I'm like, oh, I should have told them about Jesus. <laughs> we had a whole conversation. I was literally in the grocery store the other day. And, and I'm at the, the checkout line. And this guy just started telling me, like, about his grandmother, his mom's mom is that he now he's working he's supposed to be boop, boop. he pulled out his phone and he's like scrolling through and he's like uh yeah this is a picture of my two grandmothers together and I'm like there's people in line why are you showing me these pictures of your grandmother and he's like you know I speak Spanish and, and he goes and my cousin you know he speaks a different type of Spanish and so we went and blah 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 I mean he's just like going on and on and I'm like is this really happening and then I walk away and I was like was I supposed to tell him about Jesus <laughs> is that why he was stalling yeah so I, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get it. And so he keeps bringing those opportunities. But for me, 
my open door is normally, you know, a lot of times when people start telling those stories like that, when I'm thinking straight, I'll go, can I pray for you? And if they're sick or need healing in their body, and I've prayed for quite a few people, and that opens the door. And I love that God has given us that. Because people are hurting. People have pain. People have things going on in their bodies, things going on in their lives. And I'm so thankful that when we lay hands on the sick, when we preach the word, when we speak about Jesus, when we share with them that they don't have to be in that pain anymore, it opens the door for them to receive from him. And he shows up. He confirms his word. It's so, so awesome. So we need to do that. But in order for us to do that, we have to also believe it for ourselves. The worst thing in the world is to see somebody give all of themselves to somebody else while neglecting their own selves. You have something going on in your body. And it's really interesting, a lot of times us as Christians, instead of saying, hey, will you believe God with me? Or, you know, I've got this going on. We get, we go silent. We get this fear of, oh, if I say the wrong thing, you know, then I won't receive the healing. Or if I tell somebody, then I'm making it real. You're having real symptoms in your body. Now, you don't have to go around and tell everybody. You don't have to get up and broadcast, oh, well, you know, today I kicked my toe and uh, <laughs> yesterday I hit my head on the wall or, you know, uh, this time, you know, that, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about getting with somebody and saying, you know what, will you stand in agreement with me? I've got this going on in, in my body. Believe God with me. Trust God with me, because I don't believe that this sickness belongs in my body. And I'm going to end with this. We're going to pray, and um, we're going to do what the Word says. We're going to do it a little bit different tonight. But I just want to encourage you with this. This is really, really what was on my heart when it came to healing. Um, James chapter 1 Verses 5 through 8 in the New King James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. Now, in this particular illustration, James is talking about a wave, and he's using that talking about somebody that's asking for wisdom. But that same principle applies when you're asking for something from God. You know, you can't waver in it. And basically what that is, is you being tossed around in your mind with a thought that I know God is a healer, but is he willing to heal me? And there are people going around getting beat up by those you know, thoughts going back and forth. Like, I know when I hear in the scripture, I know when I read it, I, I read about these different people in God's word that's being healed. I, I read about these scriptures. I come to healing service every week, but I'm just not sure if God wants to heal me of this. We get caught up in some guilt and some shame and, 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 
instead of us receiving what he has for us, we're, we're doing this. And we can't receive what he has for us if we're so busy beating up ourselves and then going back and forth. Willie, won't he? Willie, won't he? I watched him do it for so-and-so, but will he do it for me? I know he healed this for me before, but, you know, when I prayed, it didn't instantly happen. So does that mean that God is still going to heal me? Sometimes it says in his word that they were healed as they went. Sometimes it's a process before you see the manifestation of that healing. And if you stick with it and you stay in the word, you keep feeding yourself on the word, you surround yourself with the word, you get engrossed in the word, and as you are doing, healing is being manifested in your body. And God is strengthening you. He's strengthening your faith. He's doing things in you. And you know what? He needs us whole. He needs us healthy in this hour so that we can fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for our lives. I can't tell you how many people have died early and not fulfilled what he's called them to do because they've allowed sickness and disease to take them out. He needs us whole. That's why he provided wholeness. It's harder to pray for people when you're not feeling well than it is when you are. It's harder to get up and around. I'm going to use my assistant, Destiny. She's home. Praise God. <laughs> she tore an Achilles tendon playing volleyball. And uh, she had surgery on Friday, and she's doing very well. Praise God. And we believe, God, that she's totally healed. And I mean, this girl, since she's been injured, has been at work like every single day. Still, you know, trying to perform at the same capacity, still trying to do everything that she needs to do because her heart is there. Her heart is to do the will of God. Her heart is to serve people. But it's been a lot more difficult. I don't know if you've seen her with that weird contraption thing that looks like she doesn't have a leg. So she comes walking to me and I was like, how are we at this level? How did you lose your leg? Did you just have a leg the other day? You know, and then she turns around and she's got this thing. And it's a lot more challenging. She's still pressing. She's still doing the will of God. She's still speaking the word. And she's still walking in the work, even though she's not supposed to put weight on the thing. But I guarantee she'll say it from her own mouth. It's a lot easier when both of her legs work. Right? So we stand on the word. We do what we need to do in the natural so that we can walk in health and healness, so that we can be whole. So yes, she got the surgery to fix it. Yes, we're speaking the word. And we believe that she is healed and that she is whole. And we, we're believing God and we're standing with her. And I have no doubt, sooner than later, She's going to be rocking, running, using those things and back on the volleyball court or some other field running, jumping, sprinting, trampolining. I mean, flying from the ceiling, doing whatever, because that's destiny. But she's not sitting at home going, man, I wish this leg would work or I, you know, I guess it's just my lot in life. You know, I got to. Well, now I'm just going to be walking around looking like a peg leg, you know? I mean, no. She's standing on the word. 
She's believing. She's trusting. She's got a community of people standing and believing with her. Because healing belongs to her. Amen? And just like it belongs to her, it belongs to you, even if you have to go through the process to see it manifested. It doesn't mean you don't have it. It just means you got to keep doing stuff. <laughs> you got to keep speaking the word. You got to keep trusting God. You got to keep speaking to yourself. You got to keep speaking to your body. I'm looking at a healed woman sitting here, right here. I mean, the, the devil has been trying to, been attacking our staff, you know, with different things that's going on. But we're strong. We know who we are. We know that we are healed. We know that we are healthy. We know that we are whole. And we know that we are a family and we stand together with each other. You're not alone. I mean, we did all kind of fun stuff for Carol, you know, <laughs> to make sure that she knew that the things that she was going through, she was not alone. You got a family supporting you and standing and believing God with you. And just like Pastor was talking about today, if you are connected to a body and a part of the body of Christ, you know that you are valuable and everybody else is valuable and nobody's greater than the other and that we all need each other. And in this room tonight, you got to meet some other people that maybe you didn't know. You learned something about them, and that can be your talking point next time. Hey, let's go to Disneyland together. <laughs> We're a body. I said we were closing, but I'm gonna close with this. Our old sin nature hasn't any right, any privilege to reign over us because it is dead. Christ bore all our sins, and we, are, and we need never bear them again. Neither do we need to suffer any condemnation for them because he was condemned for them. Because of what he did, we are free, and there is therefore now no condemnation to us because we are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. That same thing is true with sickness. Isaiah 53, 4, he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Now sickness hasn't any right to impose itself upon us and Satan hasn't any right to impose any disease upon us. We are free and when these diseases and sicknesses come, all we need to do is treat them exactly the same way as we treat our old sins. Healing belongs you. Sickness has no right to live in your body.